Ladies and gentlemen, we are live here at the Sports Detention Podcast. Welcome. I'm here with my co-host, Potty. How you going, Pod? I'm good, thanks, mate. I'm good, thanks. I'm back. I'm back, mate. He's back. He's yeah. alive. Mm. It's good yes. to have you here, mate. Thanks, mate. It was, um, you know, a, a, a bit of a busy week for me last week. A I rough was, week. A rough by week. By the sounds a, of it, yeah. A rough week. I, I, I heard you work last week, bringing in Morgs on the porn podcast. It was... Oh. Got to be done. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, but, um, you know, I was, as you mentioned, deathly ill and one mm. of the great resurrections of all time, mate, you know. Oh. Se- second, <laughs> second only to, of course, JC. Johnny Cash, mate. I thought Johnny, Cash. <laughs> Johnny Cash. I thought, I mean, you're really, really selling Christian Erickson, Erickson shorty, aren't you? Like, I mean. Uh, mm. nah, in all seriousness. COVID round two, dusted. You're all good. Um, well, without further ado, and obviously for the listeners and, and viewers at home, um, you know, they've tuned in and they've checked into their detention. Should we, uh, should we get on with the show? Let's roll. We are live, the Sports Detention Podcast. Welcome and thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're back again for your weekly serve of all things sports and entertainment. You know, from a definitely from an uneducated point of view. Certainly, certainly. But that doesn't mean it's any less warranted. Or does no, it? no, no. <laughs> we were given a voice box and we'll rattle it. Oh, yes. Let's roll. Let's roll. Uh, mate, what's caught your eye this week, Potty? Mate, something for you, actually. Something for you, I something know. Something for me. I know you're a big fan of the fight game. Love the fights. Yep, you love the fights. Well, something has jumped up on my um, Instagram feed this week, and I just had to share it with mm. the podcast community. What do you got? Well, I don't even know what this is called. But basically, it's two guys mm. who appear to be holding hands over a, well, I guess you'd call it an arm wrestling bench. So not in a romantic way, holding hands, or are we talking... It may start that way, but it yep. takes a very sinister turn. Okay. And there's a referee there, blows the whistle, they begin, and they just start throwing haymakers with this the, the free arm. Okay, let's check this out. They, eh? So let's check this out, mate. Now you can see here, they're ready to go. They're yeah. holding hands, and they are just going hell for leather here. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. yes. So... They're not allowed to let go of each other's hands, so they need to stay quite attached through this process. You notice the referee is standing well back here. They don't want to get involved in anything yeah. um, from this perspective. Is it a thumb wall? Is it a thumb wall? It looks like, even the hand positioning yes. looks like a thumb wall. An old-fashioned thumb wall. So we've seen some, um, you know, you're obviously a big fan of uh, boxing and, of course, the UFC, mate. Yeah. And we've um, spoken about on this pod- podcast before, back in our early days, about uh, the bare-knuckle boxing. And um, Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Mm, brutal. And we've touched base The underground on- king, Eddie Alvarez, had a fight on the weekend. Oh, did he? Mm. There you go. And we've also touched based on the, the slap wars. The oh, slap yeah. War I, fighting, oh, which mate, is- I just, yeah, I, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. Well, you don't get that. I don't get this. Yeah. Like, the- see, at least this you can somewhat defend yourself. Slapping is just standing there and letting someone slap the piss out of you. I, I don't get that. But I don't understand the concept here. You tie someone's hand behind their back and get them to fight standing up. I don't see what the. Look, do you know what it almost looks like for me? And Tell I'll, me, mate. We'll keep it playing here for a bit. It almost looks like, you know, Edward Forty hands? Oh, yeah. You know, where you tie the long neck around with... Look, they've, it's almost like they've got glad wrap around their hands. Yeah. And it's... They've just decided, you know what? We're going to have a disagreement and we're just going to start knuckling on. Yeah, well, it, it could well be like... It could well be that. I, I was just thinking then, maybe a, some sort of a dancer would do quite well in this sport because, you know, the balance is something tremendous, isn't it? Oh, mate, it's, yeah. I mean, do I get it? No. For those at home who couldn't hear the commentary, I'll just give you a little little glimpse of it. As you can hear, it's Russian. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we'll ever get it. Um, Yes, no no surprise. Uh, Yeah, sports like that. Um, Oh, mate, they've had some crazy ones. I remember there was one where it was like they were dressed up in armoury, in Mm. like knights, and they would go in and fight and use swords. It's just like, but why? But why? Yeah, I, I can understand it. LARPing, like where you're out in a field, like mm, Role Models, yeah. that movie. That was a ripper. Oh, that was an absolute perler. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't get it. But, but they're always going to push the threshold of fight sports over there in Russia. Yeah, so what the, the caption reads, what is the uh, this core uh, table punch out? Mm. Um, or oh, a bit of a the old Mike Tyson's. The old Mike Tyson's. PlayStation game. Oh, um, come on. Well, what we'll do is we'll get that up on the social media thread for the for the listeners as well. So if you you get us there at Sports Attention, you'll be able to able to check out the video of that. And tell for us our, what you think. Also, too, for our YouTube listeners, mm. for our YouTube viewers, sorry, not listeners, we'll always embed these videos in the YouTube so you can follow along as well. So uh, like, subscribe, you know the drill. Anything else, mate? Uh, no, mate, that really stood out to me, and I thought Grago needs to see this. I, look, the first thought that co- come to my mind is this is a game you play with your mate after 75 schooners. Yes, yes. So oh, I mate. think we've all played that game. Oh, maybe 75 Bundy rums. Oh, the old oh, rumbos. Ba- the old bash your best, mate. <laughs> the, rum, the rum rage, oh, oh tell you yes. what. Yes. Um, mate, we both sort of brought this up just before the show. Um, some news has popped out. You know, and what's caught my eyes? Um, would the real Dane Laurie please stand up? Can you oh. run the listeners through what's happened here? So, a certain publication today has put out uh, yeah the Daily Telegraph. The Daily Telegraph. <laughs> I'm no like yeah. It's it's not allegedly. It's there. <laughs> has put out a um a post today, basically uh, twelve NRL um, bad boys, and so yeah. runs through a list of um some of the NRL. 
bad boys, things they've done wrong. I believe Jared Hayne was on there, yeah, okay, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But they've also spoken about... Um, so da- I believe the, the article was titled Hall of Shame NRL Players Turned Into Convicted Criminals. Okay, yep. so we're looking at convicted criminals. Yep. And they've spoken about uh, former West Tigers player, I believe. Um, uh, and former- Penrith player, Dane Laurie. Oh, yep, Penrith player, yep. Dane Laurie, who uh, was uh, a few years ago now uh, convicted of some fairly serious charges involving some firearms, I believe yes. the article specified. You know, and, you know, that did happen. He was convicted. So, you know, that publication can put um, that on their paper. No oh, worries. Absolutely, yeah. There's no issue with the uh, the reporting of the, no, of course uh, of not. the offence. What is there an issue with, though, Grego? Uh, they have unfortunately made a very bad error. They have not put the image of... Dane Laurie, who paid, played for the Panthers, say, and yeah, the West Tigers. They got him in a Panthers jersey, mate. <laughs> they have put the current Penrith player, <laughs> Dane Laurie, on there. There uh, are two Dane Laurie's. Yes. And uh, hence your title, Will the Real Dane Laurie Please Stand Up? Yeah, they got that one wrong. So That's anybody remembers though. Dane Laurie back in the day? I mean, he was an impressive oh, yeah, specimen yeah. on the field. Big... Uh, mobile. He played a bit of centres, but he was in the in the Jamal Idris fold. Yeah, probably, you know? and he had the dreadlocks as well. So dreadlocks. That's, that's probably yeah. why Jamal sort of comes to mind when you. But think just about played it. out on the edge and was really destructive. Um, however, you got to get this right. Oh yeah, this is how libelous is this? I I, I understand the connection. They have the same name. Yeah. I understand that they both played for the same clubs as current. Penrith player Dane Laurie has just finished up a stint with the West Tigers. But you are putting his image on yeah. in an article where you're basically saying he's a convicted um, criminal. Yeah, can we get some people in the newsroom who actually know rugby league? Yeah. Because if you know rugby league, you know there are two Dane Laurie's. That's where... That's where the there issue. was a, the same publication were the publication who reported on Dane Laurie hanging out of a car yeah. with a Penrith jersey on when he was under contract. So they the know Tigers. who he is. So they know who Dane Laurie is. <laughs> oh, so clearly what's happened here is somebody has just punched into their database the name Dane Laurie. Getty Images, Dane Laurie, let's get the best one. Oh, here's a current one with the Premier's jersey on. <laughs> wonder why he's got this year's Penrith jersey yeah. on. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, look at look at him standing you, right in front of the... <laughs> you knobs. And the only thing you're lucky about is the fact that we've hit you this early in the podcast, so you're escaping just... Penis of the week. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Grago, an, an old Panthers man yourself, you'll be able to tell me this. Wasn't he photographed standing in front of the uh, Panthers Centre of Excellence, which probably wasn't built when Dane Laurie was... Um, <laughs> well, that's than- true. Yeah. And I would say it probably still wasn't built when Dane Laurie was convicted either. <laughs> so uh, anyway, anyway, just uh, yeah. throwing it out there, let's get some rugby league players um, sourcing images for rugby league related Bit of common sense, all three, common sense. Let's get it over there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, mate. mate. What else you got for us? (laughs) Look, this is fantastic. I don't know if you caught a hold of this one, but um, recently the Euro draw has come out. Mm. Um, Now, Euro 2024, uh, they had the draw, and obviously they get some ex-players to come in and, and do the draw. They pull the balls out, make a whole, you know, hoopla over it. Um, but 
the draw was infiltrated, Potty. I don't know if you've seen this one, but David Silva. David. Now, Valencia legend. Hmm. I don't know what he did after that. Um, he was uh, he was tasked with drawing uh, a portion of the draw. Now, have a listen to the audio and the video on this. So I'll just wind it back a bit, and it's very, very faint to listen to. So I'll turn your speakers up, but you'll you'll probably get it. Listeners at home, you might have to listen a little harder. So for those who can't hear it, there is that good old-fashioned, you know the stitch-up you do with your mates where it's got the porn (laughs) sound behind it? Somebody has infiltrated the speaker system of the draw and put that noise on. So David (laughs) Silva, he's he's done pretty well. He's kept a straight face and he's just continued to draw it. Then the old fellow is just going, oh, there is is some noise that we are trying to work out. (laughs) You know what it is, mate. You know exactly what it is. Um, So anyway, that kept me going. And I went on and and obviously you can't forget it and you'll be able to hear the noise a lot better uh, on this recording, listeners. Um, The check-in prank. This one's a classic that's popped up. And this is this fella who's going to check in and he's wheeling with his luggage and someone's obviously slipped the uh, the old boombox into his, the, the Bluetooth <laughs> speaker into his luggage. So as he's walking in to check oh, into his flight, that. have a go at this. This... <laughs> 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 oh, so he's uh, just got the boombox full blast with the same one, mate. Oh, and it just oh, had me the, the classic stitch up. How good is it? The classic stitch up. Absolute ripper. Now, I was on one. Once you get me on the classic stitch up, I, I just got to keep going. And this one was even better. Have you heard of Operation Flagship in st- terms of a classic stitch up? I haven't. Now, Operation Flagship was was a little um, little investigation that occurred in the US back in 1985. And what happened was um, police had offered free tickets to a football game for the Washington Redskins at the time, Mm. now known as the Commanders or the Commies. The Commies. They had offered them free tickets and then the chance to win Super Bowl tickets for that year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's happened is they've said, you've just got to come to this convention centre. They've made a big hoopla about it. But uh, there was a little more to it, classic stitch-up style. Washington Redskins in action had come from the police department. <laughs> <laughs> How good's this? 
which is exactly what the local police were banking on. They'd sent out invitations to pick up tickets for yesterday's game to the last known addresses of 3,000 criminals on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, that is an absolute ripper. I remember this one now. So they've basically <laughs> set it up, and these people are just lined up like, yes, getting those free tickets. It's like, wrong, your warrant's in, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> oh. have, have a couple of years in the bin. Mate, oh, not even Dog the Bounty Hunter could come up with a scheme that, like that. That is an absolute ripper. Oh, mate, that's, uh, yeah, so Operation Flagship, that's a ripper. Mate, I love it. I love it. Well, well, mate, that's what's caught our eye. Should we get into the footy? Let's get into the footy. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here! Footy talk, mate. What do we got? Mate, so today we're going to go through a bit of a pre-season report and we're up to Manly, Warringah, Seagulls and the Melbourne Storm. Oh, it was a lonely one last week. Obviously, um, oh. Morgs not only being an AFL specialist and knowing nothing about rugby league, but he did have to go to his grand final, mm. which I... I have heard that he, he was victorious. Yes, yes. Well done, Morgs. So, um, yeah, so I basically sat here and did it on my own. Well, mate, and, and you did very well. And in Morg's defence, we didn't actually uh, preview North Sydney last week. No, so, no. Yeah, we so know he'll, Morgs he'll be is a big North Sydney one. fan. He absolutely loves them. Gary Larson, mm. Mark Soden, absolutely. Flow. Flow, oh, flow. Mm. Brett the, Dallas. They'll be back one day. But unfortunately, Brett Dallas might still be playing for them. That's how mm. that's how bad they're going. Yeah. All right, mate. So Manly, big ins for Manly this year. They made some signings. Uh, Luke Brooks is the big one. I think yeah. everyone wishes Luke Brooks well over there. He's been a yeah. I think it was time for a change. I mean, it was hmm. probably three seasons later than what we expected. Yeah, I think so. And he gets uh, to go over. there. He gets there his for, change. Yeah, for at least a season, he doesn't have to be the number one. I see him playing mm. the six role out there. Uh, Jackson Paulo. He moves over from the Roosters after a stint with Seas as well. Actually played in the 2021 Grand Final, Grego, mm. which I'm sure you'd love to go in and talk about. But uh, we've got oh, that was a tough night, that one. Oh, oh mate. Mm. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I can't imagine. It was good. Good win, but I'll tell you what we... Yeah. Mm. I thought I was going home hurting. Yes. Uh, and... Um, they're key outs, mate. They've lost Sean Kepi. The Kelpie. Every time I see Sean Kepi's name, I think of Kelpie. Yep, the Kelpie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be a bit of a loss because I do think while Sean Kepi's got some, um, I suppose, some issues as far as discipline. The ke- where's going. the Kelp gone? Where's I think he ended up at South. South, that's yeah, right, yeah. Talk about I did see him during the week. Mm, there was talk about him heading over to the West Tigers, but he yep. you know, went over for a meeting and the next thing you know, he's taking mm. Bickies over at South. So, yep. yeah, that's... Allegedly. And uh, Latu Fainu. Yes. He's uh, also uh, moved on. So he's one of the uh, the brothers. There's a few of the, the Fainu brothers, isn't there? There's, yeah, I think. pretty uh, talented. I think, obviously. Um, is, one, is one of those guys in the cling? Yeah, Manasi, I oh, believe. Okay, yep. He was involved in an incident a few years ago. I can't remember the brother's name. Did they both end up over at the West Tigers, Greg? There was a thing that I think that was a part of a, the idea of the package deal. Yeah. I think there was a bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I haven't got the finger on the pulse on that one, but mm. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So look, I, I see um, Manly season 
if they have a fit and charging uh, Tom Travojevic, they're going to do fairly well. They'll probably find themselves into the eight. But mm-hmm. I, I can't help but look at their middle mm. and think to myself. That's, that's the thing, though. You've, you've probably hit my biggest point just with that um, that off-the-cuff comment, mate. It's about Turbo. Mm. And it's about when was the last season that you think Turbo had an uninterrupted year in the NRL? Uninterrupted? So... People would probably go back to 2021 where he won the Dell mm. but he actually started the season on the sideline. That was yeah. after his um, slip in the bathroom course. So, oh, sorry. Um. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> that, that's sports attention folklore, that one. That one. And, um, I mean, and it's it's a shame because we love watching a player like Turbo play, and but I think Manly are so dependent on him yep. um, that you're almost relying on him to fire for that to have a flow-on effect throughout the um Throughout the side, yeah, and we've seen teams throughout history who, I mean, any team who has a gun player is going to rely on them heavily. Joey Johns and Jonathan Thurston, I reckon, are probably the two best examples. But the, <laughs> but the, the um, no, no, continue, mate. I'll, I'll continue. I'll continue. Oh, that is just rugby legal. That is luscious. So, ladies and gentlemen, my next talking point on this uh, manly thing was that I was watching the first episode of their um, of their preseason show that they've dropped on YouTube, and they brought Beaver and Cliffy in. Oh, was he wearing the headgear? <laughs> Beaver wasn't wearing the headgear, but I found this one cleaning out the shed last <laughs> night. Oh, that is a real and one. it's the old school Albion, and it's actually I found out today it's Beaver's fiftieth birthday. Is it? So happy birthday, wow. well, Beaver! Didn't he only retire last year? Or something? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I reckon he could still play. Oh, definitely. But uh, yeah, so I, I thought I'd bring out the old Albion, and oh, mate, it's like concrete on your head. <laughs> mate, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at it now. It's doing nothing to protect the ears. <laughs> and the, the, the top of the head is getting zero protection. Yes, no. It's so, uh, but do you know what? It looks absolutely unreal. Yeah, yeah it's all about the optics, mate. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, yeah, so I, I, I think uh, even Penrith, the great Penrith team, if they miss Nathan Cleary for a full season, they, they probably find that they, um, oh, they, yeah. they struggle a little bit as well. But... It, even with Turbo there, I, I think their middle is too thin to really um mm. to really trouble. Like they're relying on Matt Lodge to come in off an ACL injury. Yep. They're hoping Nathan Brown can do something off a train and trial. Yeah. So yep. that's where I think they're at um at the moment. And um, I think you know, for if you're holding on to hope there, Manly fans, I think um, releasing Schuster from that responsibility because obviously you're thinking it's going to be Cherry Evans and uh, Brooks in the in the halves. Yep. It might you might get the best out of him. You'd hope so, so mate. You'd yeah. certainly hope so. Look, um, you know, and not to steal a line from our, our good friend Berta, but um, it's Manly, so. I don't really care if they don't get yeah, any that's good. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> Melbourne Storm, mate. What do you got for Melbourne? What, um, do you, what do you What do you like? What do you don't like? What's been happening? Well, I think the big question is going to be around their fullback role, and is Pappy happy? There was rumours um, close to six weeks ago now, I think, about Pappenhausen being possibly shocked or uh, yep. spoken about to a Sydney club. So the, they think that, last I heard, he's going to be pretty close to starting the season, but I, I imagine he'll be a little bit underdone as far as a pre-season is concerned. Yep. But they've also got young Faya Longo, who came through and played really well for Samoa, yeah. I believe, and, you know, 
play quite well in the last game of the season for for Melbourne Storm as well. So that's for me for Melbourne. The young players coming through, they're the big hope for them mm. because at the end of the day, they've had no wins. Yep, they've had Eisenhurst, Nickarima, and Sims depart, which you just go, ah, oh, you know, there's there's no massive losses. No, however, it probably says to me that. No big losses, no gains. I can't really see anything changing this year. No, they'll start well. They always do. They always start the year like a house on fire. They'll probably win, even though I don't think they're a team that's going to challenge. They'll probably win seven of their first ten. Mm. And they always win round one. So they're going to get off the season to a good start. You'd have it's going to be tough, mate. This mm. is the first round one that they've had to compete with us putting the kiss of death on them. Yes, well. And we're pretty good at that. We are. We are absolutely yeah. outstanding at that. And as you said, just touching on this really quickly, Eisen and Huth and Sims leaving doesn't sound like much because Sims is well past his best and Eisen Huth, with all due respect, is, is a toiler, I'd describe him as. Yep. But um, on the back of losing... The players they lost last year, Jesse Bromage, mm. Kenny Bromage. Um, uh, they lost also Fleece Kafusi. Yep. I think they're a bit thin in the forwards as well. Mm. All right. Well, that's a little interesting look into those two sides. Uh, and really, like, the care factor is very low about those two, that's yeah. for sure. Mm. Sorry, Manly and Melbourne fans. Yeah, sorry, Melbourne um, fan, whoever you are. <laughs> <laughs> um. Few discussion points, mate. Yeah, Kurt Capewell, Kurt having, Cape- having a little, uh, having a little meet and greet. Did you see that one? Mate? I did see that. Yeah. That's, um, you know, that's not altogether surprising, I suppose. From a Kurt, um, uh, hang on, are they about to get into table boxing? Is that what's happening? Well, I mean, they're sitting there. So someone obviously, and I, you know, I'm not massive fan of it. Like, uh, you know, just videoing people while they're sitting there, just having a. A bit of brekkie by the looks of it. Yeah. But um, I got, mate, I got hammered by this because, you know, I saw the video, I saw the headline, Cape Well has been caught out. And then I watched the video and, you know, don't really want to touch on the history of Cape Well, but I thought he was on a date. <laughs> And I'll let I'll let the listeners and the and the viewers do their research on why I would have thought on that. So I was a bit like, oh, and then I was like, oh no, that's Webster. Yeah. That's you know, and that, I don't know if um, Webster was at Penrith still. Whether there was some crossover there, maybe. But um, I mean, it's no surprise someone like um, you know the, a club like the Warriors are going to be interested in bringing in an experienced forward like Capewell if he is available. Yeah, definitely not, and they can probably offer him another couple of years. I'd say mm. the Broncos are thinking that this year will be his last. So, and I think the Broncos might be open to the idea of releasing a bit of salary cap pressure. Well, oh. that's going to tighten up. Um, a few quick whispers, mate. Uh, quick mentions. Uh, Canberra have apparently applied for some salary cap relief due to the uncertainty of Corey Harrell Wiranara. Yep. Um, I don't know whether this is uh, a genuine concern. Like, there's obviously the the article that I read. I think it came from Zero Tackle. Was just around, you know, he's going to have more tests. Um, yep. So I don't know. It's either a, a bit of concern. Hmm. Or B, Canberra playing the game of we need to, if we can free up some salary cap space and, you know, use it to, to generate a bit more yeah, you'd like room. Yeah, you'd like to think the former, wouldn't you? You'd like to think um, that uh, they're, they're not playing It would that be crazy to think clubs don't do that. Yeah, it, yeah. Pr- it, pr- it probably would, but 
this circumstance, it was a real scary one if we yeah, remember yeah. back to Corey Harawi and Naira. Mm. But, um, yeah, uh, all the best to you, Corey, in your recovery. Yeah. Yep. And uh, Big Wayne, mate. Wayne. We spoke about this a few weeks ago. Mate, on. They're, I know where they're getting their scoops. They are, mate. They're listening. Yeah. So, Wayne, uh, look, at you know, a few rumours swirling that Wayne um, is not den- – and Wayne, he's not denying any interest in the, in the job. He's saying, basically, I'm going to be unemployed, and this is according to the RAW – I'm going to be unemployed. I'm not retired, so of course I'd be interested in taking on that Kiwi's job. Yeah, so I think that'd be a nice, um, you know, um, project for Wayne as well. Like I think he um, could really do something in that field. We've seen him at Origin level. Yeah, he talked about it um, when because he, he was with him in '07. Mm. Um, for that World Cup run, I believe, or he was under Kearney, worked with him. Yeah, so I think he was so eight, was yeah. it? Yeah, under Stephen Kearney. And, yeah. Um, yeah but um, he basically said that, you know, that at the time they were saying that International Rugby League was dead and he took it upon himself. He said, well, I'll go and help the Kiwis to prove that I don't think it is dead. Yeah. So. And, you, well, mate, you've been begging him to get over to New South Wales. Mm, he'll, he'll, yep, he will Benedict Arnold if he has to. Apparently that is a bridge too far. Mm. Oh, uh, rightio, mate, that's the footy. Um, you've been catching any streams this week? I'm going to take this headgear off. Yeah, mate, I'd imagine you would. Um, mate, I, um, as you know, and we mentioned earlier, I was crook last week, so I had a little bit of time in front of the TV. <laughs> oh, yes. And I jumped all over... Uh, Mr. In-Between. Is this like uh, the In-Betweeners post-college, is it? Mm, well, no, not quite, <laughs> oh. not quite. So Mr. In-Betweeners... Have hopes up. Oh, mate, I'll tell you what. That, that'd be a show, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, Mr. In-Between is the story of a bloke living in Sydney and essentially he is, um, on one hand, a caring father and um, yep. he, he's separated or divorced from his wife, but a, a, um, a caring father who looks after his daughter. So you've got an Aussie flick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it. A couple of... Um, so this is a series. So a, yep. um, uh, three seasons it went for, about um, 30 episodes. And uh, he, he also looks after his brother who has uh, motor neuron disease. Oh, yeah. And so... On, on this one hand, he's an incredibly caring person. On the other hand, he's a standover man and a hitman. Oh, yes. So it's, it's oh, an absolute this ripper. good. So it's written, created, and um, stars Scott Ryan, an Australian actor. Mm. And it's also got our our man in it. Um, um, I'm... I've forgotten his name at the moment. He does the voiceovers. Oh, you're so talking about Matt Nable. Matt Nable. Matty Nable. He's got Nabes yeah. in it as well. He plays yeah. an absolute ripping role. Yeah. And um, Nabes needs to tell his script writers that he they cannot make him refer to the South Sydney <laughs> Sydney Roosters rivalry as the greatest rivalry in world sport. No. Okay. They can, he can. needs to tell the script writer, say, listen, mate, you need to shut the fuck up yeah. and not write that shit. If he says that one more time, Berta is going to have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> makes, oh, him, makes him sick every time I mention it to him. Mm. Um, yeah, but I found this a really interesting story and he does such a good job, um, Scott Ryan. Um this guy balancing, uh, like at times you're like, oh, what a really good bloke. At other times you're like, he's a complete psychopath. Mm. Like he's almost a de- he's almost a defender of the um the, the downtrodden or the needy or the bullied at certain times. Where he oh, goes and that out. that'll always get you going. It too, does. Yeah, he goes out of his way to help people that he considers to be his mates. If he considers you to be his mate, 
There is nothing that he wouldn't do for for you. Good old-fashioned loyalty. But if he doesn't consider you to be his mate, well, (laughs) there's there's, be nice to to him, but even if you're nice to him, the price that gets paid his way might be enough. Yes. So, but the thing I found really interesting about it is it sort of just seemed to begin with like it was just going to be this bloke who was... um, you know, balancing these two aspects of his life, but it actually got really quite deep at certain stages as well yeah. and showed a little bit about his history and how he came to be the way that he was. And, um, yeah, mm. so I, I found it a really interesting watch. They only go for about 25 minutes, the episodes. Oh, that's good. So we, we got through the series in about three days. Happy days. Mate, speaking of the downtrodden, mate, I watched the uh, Colleen Rooney Wagatha story on Disney. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, that was... Mate, that was a doozy. Talk to um, me about it, mate. The first two episodes pretty much just go into, like, Colleen and Wayne and, you know, the Rebecca Vardy and, you know, the whole England setup and more career and family life, um, pre- pretty much focusing in on Colleen. Um, and then it was a real slow burn for two episodes and then the third one when they got to court. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the Wagatha story. So she's basically she was having her Instagram posts leaked to the press. Yep. Uh, yep. Most notably, the Sun, and there's a bit of an issue there, especially on Mercy's side with the Sun. Mm. You know, so it was basically she she was very skeptical that it was any of her friends around that she'd grown up with, and this was her private Instagram account anyway. Um, so she did a little um, sort of a bit of investigating herself and was able to come to the conclusion that it was Rebecca Vardy who was doing it. So who she'd met through England duty when Wayne was playing for England. So anyway, um, she's basically compiled this evidence and then she did that tweet that she blasted out of the world, which could possibly have been the most retweeted thing of that year, was that I've been... Looking into who this is, and it is dot 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 Rebecca Vardy, and then you know, football and tabloid just exploded from that. So anyway, then um, Rebecca Vardy tried to sue her for it, um, for you know, obviously bringing her name into disrepute. Yeah, and um, and the way it's just unfolded. So you get to episode three, and I won't run through it because go and watch it. It's a but you could even just go to episode three when they get to court. It is just like. Gadoosh. It is like you're hit with smelling salts. The, yeah, right. the three part series just fires up and it's a pisser. Like the fact that, like, it turns out because Rebecca Vardy and her publicist at the time, who then withdrew from the case mm. and refused to, you know, give evidence and whatnot, it turns out she was the, she was bad. She was a bad person. Yeah. And then, um, they used a, a precedent that was from 1722 highlighting that any evidence that is missing from a case should be considered of utmost importance. So if you try to withdraw evidence and go, oh, we couldn't find that one, oh, but it's there, it exists, that is considered as good as gospel. Oh, like, wow. So they were able to dig out this precedent from, you know, 300 years ago. 
and hit them with it. And the you know from there the tide turned, and they realised that all these redactions that had come through the WhatsApp messages and all that had you know they had to be published. And yeah, it did not look good for Rebecca Vardy. Oh, you know wow. the shit she was talking with her publicist was very grim. So, yeah, it's a it's an absolute cracker. So um, yeah, go and check that out on Disney, and you know I do like a bit of goss, but it's a really it's a good one. You know I sat on the on the lounge with the wife and watched that one, and yeah, um, like I said, full disclosure warning, slow burn episode one and two, but brace yourself, put the seatbelt on episode three, it's home. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Righty, mate. Should we get into the integrity report? Let's get integral, mate. This is Democracy Manifest. Righty-o, mate. We have integrity issues. Mm. What do we got, mate? What do you got for us today? You brought this one up to the table and I like it. Mate, airplane madness again. Mm. Okay, we had the integrity issue that you put forward last week but mm. weren't able to deliver where the uh, lady had to go to the uh, the toilet in the middle of the aisle. Oh, this yep, week, the strides. This week, the integrity issue we put forward is reclining the seats. Things have kicked off again, mate. Yeah. Uh, Have a look at this video. Um, This is from an American airline. I don't know what the airline is, but there's a a bit of a blow up here, as you can see. So, for those listeners at home and she's viewers, you could say, yeah, she's a, the old Southern Belle with her accent just oh. ripping in and saying, you know what, I can put my seat back. That long draw. Where yeah. are you with reclining seats on the aeroplane, mate? Yeah, oh, i tell you what, I was thinking about this. It, it's a tough one because it, it really does cramp um, yeah. the person who's sitting behind you. But if you're on a very long flight, like, for instance, if you're travelling at the States and you're on the plane for 14 hours, mm. not reclining back at all is going to be very, very tough. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's um, If the seats recline, I'm pretty certain it's okay to recline them. That's why the airline and the aeroplane manufacturers made them that way. Yeah, that's right. But people do get freaking fired up about it, don't they? Yeah, and I haven't understood it from... Like, I can understand that it makes it more uncomfortable for you. Mm. But do you know what you can do? You can recline back yourself and you can get a bit of space. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Or you can also, you've got the option, if you want to, you know, spend a little bit more cash, mm. you can go into business class. That's right. Or first class. That's right. I've never done that myself, mate, mm. have you? No, no, I can't and I could never afford it. But no. I'm just saying, and I've got short legs, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's not an issue for me. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, yeah... There are probably different behaviours that fire me up a bit more on an airplane mm, yeah, than right. reclining of seats, you know, farting. Yeah, you know, dropping your lunch, yep. You know, kids having infants on there who shit in their nappies and then going not, you know, playing blind to it, going, mm. oh, I can't, I, I can't smell it. It's like, <laughs> well, everybody else can. Um, yeah, it's probably all, you know... Getting stuck in the middle of the five seater, and the people, oh. on the, and the people on the end decide to have a sleep. Yeah, you know they're they're probably things that would you know annoy me a bit more. Yeah, and 
you know, well, I'll tell you what I find have found annoying is when you get the aisle seat. Yeah. And, um, you know, the person on the end gets up and takes 15,000 slashes during a flight. Ah, <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Anyway, look, I guess what you're saying is the chairs recline. She's allowed to recline. Yeah, I think so. Are we going to get. I think that's it. Mm. If the chairs can recline, it's a green light. Yeah. You know, if they weren't to be reclined, they wouldn't. Yeah. She's allowed to recline her chair. Absolutely. Mm. Um, Rightio, the next one, mate. Uh, Guzman doesn't give a shiitake. They don't give a shiitake. Okay. Um, some news, some controversial news has come out of the uh, the, the Mexican cuisine world um, with favourite restaurant chain Guzman Juan Gomez, yep. GYG, often commonly termed. They've reportedly removed the um, plant-based shredded shiitake mushroom filling from their menu. Yeah, yeah, and mate. the veggies have gone off. They're not happy about it. Okay, um, okay. The it's filling has been popular with vegetarians, um, you know, and they've basically, the reasoning behind it from GYG was basically, we're not selling enough of this shit, so we're not going to stock it. Yeah. Um, shiitake, that is. Yeah. <laughs> um. But as you can imagine, the outrage kicked off on Twitter with comments such as, and this comes from Cocaine Charlie, literally the dumbest business decision ever made in the history of ever. Um, yep, okay, well, I would say that there's probably been worse business decisions made. Mm. I would say that even looking at your tagline, Cocaine Charlie, there's probably been some people on cocaine who have come up with some pretty dumb business decisions and i'd also have to say considering that they have made the statement that they're getting rid of it because they are selling enough of it that it is not a poor business decision no, it at might all. Be a smart one actually. it's actually yeah. a smart one funny that yeah um uh d duano oh, i haven't had gyg in ages oh, oh hold on come on but just Checked out my local store's menu. No plant-based alternative at all. Surely they have to replace it with something else. Well, the fact that you've said you haven't had it in ages and they're stocking all this plant-based shit, yeah. there's probably a good reason why they haven't got it on the menu anymore. Well, what do these people think? That businesses are there just to have that tiny little thing that they may actually want mm. one day just in case they happen to walk in the door but 90% of the time they turn their nose up at it because they're too good for GYG? Oh, mate, that's a that's a brilliant plan. Oh, that is just how <laughs> you make some money. Now, here we go. go. Cam, Cam Gomez, this one gets better because Cam Gomez has obviously gone, well, you know what, I'll, I'll speak Spanish with them and they'll change their mind. Hola, GYG. Oh. Where's the shredded mushroom gone? Bring it back, per favor. Now, you had it all right until you did per favor instead of por favor. Oh. Okay. <laughs> and finally, Corey Williams, GYG, best burrito of Melbourne. I mean, for fuck's sake. That's like me saying, you know, you wouldn't believe it, mate. I was out at Tamworth and I got this bloody burger. Like you've you never eaten before. You wouldn't believe it, mate. It's, it had lettuce. Pickles, onion, cheese on a sesame seed bun. It was from McDonald's. You, have you heard of it? Oh, mate, how good is that? I'll tell you what, mate. These people, they are, I don't know what they're on about. They're clearly sad sacks, and, but I've got a fix for them. Go see Kate, Kate and Charlie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll sort you out. Or I've got an even better fix. How about you get the pulled pork, the chicken, or the beef? <laughs> mate, I, I will, I'll ask you a question. Have you ever tried the mushroom? 
Uh, no, mate. Um, you know, I like my testosterone levels just right where they are, mate. <laughs> Happy days, mate. I agree. Mate, is it time we got in all sport? Fight time, mate. Now, Rightio. you were frothing over mate, this card, weren't it you? It was one of the cards. I tell you about them all the time. Vanille uh, Darius versus Sarukian. Um, look, there was some, just some finishes. There was, it was just, yeah, top to tail, it was good viewing. Mm. I, 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 you know, I, I don't want to go over the top here. I'm trying to contain myself. Um, however... Interesting one, and we'll start in the sort of lower on the card. Two body slam knockouts, which you ha- we slam. haven't seen since the Pride days. We've probably seen, you know, three or four in, you know, the UFC probably over the 25 years, 30 years it's been around. And two in the same card. And two in the same card. So it, talk me through it. They, they've got him in... So in an armbar, so... Yeah. Obviously defending, grabbing the wrist, lifts him, elevates him, and then just slams him down to try and get him to let go. But he hit his head on the canvas and Gornskis. Yeah, mate, I think I've um I saw the million dollar man Ted DiBiase did oh, that back, back in the early nineties. Oh, mate, unbelievable. Um, however, on the main card, um, Davison Figueroa versus Rob Font was a really good fight. Um. Absolute crowd pleases both of them. Figueroa, he's a former flyweight champ, struggled to make weight. He's come up to bantamweight. Um, Fonts, Font was the bigger man in it, and it showed early. Um, his boxing and his just his head movement was really good, just keeping him out of danger. It was really exciting to watch. Um, you know, but every time Figueroa threw, he threw with bad intentions. Yep. And, um, you know, he connected with some good shots throughout. Um, probably he landed the bigger shots. However, Figueroa towards sort of the, the back end of the second was getting a bit tired, and I really, really would have liked Rob Font to go to the body to yeah, really – because he's really crisp with his boxing. Figueroa throws heavy – and hard, but, um, you know, Rob, just with his technical boxing, I would have liked for him to maybe try out working the body over and mm. see if he could really increase that fatigue factor. However, um, you know, at the end of the day, Figueroa got a, a big third round, and, you know, Figueroa, uh, Figueredo, sorry, not Figueroa, um, he would say job done, had fun. and I Rob, liked Figueroa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Font, he would just be like, oh, "I could, re- I could beat this guy," mm. you know. So it's, uh, it was one of those. So Figueredo, um, he's one to watch at one thirty-five now. Um, Jalen Turner versus Bobby Green. Now this is where it got exciting. Did you see anything in relation to this one in the news? Did I you? didn't. Sorry, mate. I no, didn't catch it. Well, you've missed everything then, because one for the fans. Bobby Green comes out. He's got the hands down, and I, I mentioned it last week that this fight would be a, a real. Classic. Jalen Turner's come in on short notice. However, Turner used his reach and his technical ability. You could see straight away that Turner was the technically way better fighter. You know, but Bobby, with his unorthodox movement, the way he holds his hands, he's always so dangerous. Yeah. However, Jalen hit him 
with a lovely cross. It's got him right on the temple. Bobby's gone out face first in the canvas. And Turner's coming to finish it off. And for some reason, the Kerry Hartley, the referee, has just gone, well, today is the day I see death. Mm. And he has just sat, I think it was about 14 seconds, the Turner just absolutely wailed on Bobby Green whilst he was snapping in and out of consciousness before he was flatlined. And then Kerry Hatley went, oh, okay, we've had enough now. Like, <laughs> it is so crazy. It was have to be one of the, if not the worst. I'd ha- I could possibly be reminded of something that's just so, slipping my mind. What but- is going on there? Like, because we've spoken about on here before where there's been instances where um, – Referees are being accused of maybe being a little bit too overcautious and stopping a little bit early. Yeah. So how has someone got it this wrong? You raise an interesting point because you could say, well, you can't have your pie and eat it too. Mm. You can't say they stop things too early and then go down and go, oh, they've stopped it too late, this, that and the other. I think you can though because it's if it's a world title fight or a fight that means a lot and – Referees communicate with fighters. They communicate with them before the fight. They go into the locker room, they talk to them, what's our expectations? You know how they do all the stuff in the, in the middle of the octagon? Yeah, and yeah. They go, this is where I want to say They've already had that conversation in the back. Yeah. Like, the, it's just reiterating it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, basically, if you get in and you're talking to a fighter, the fighter's going to make it pretty clear to you, go, don't stop it. Mm. You know, I give me every opportunity, especially if it's a title fight. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay. or the referees can actually articulate what their expectations are. If the referee says, hey, the moment you are not defending yourself, I'm going to stop it, yeah. okay, you've got to be aware that that's going to be the case. Yeah. You know, you've got to take that on face value as well. But, um, yeah, with this one, I would say Kerry Hatley, he'd be just going, well, geez, I, I butchered that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, and the, the commentary team were very vocal about it, Bisping and... and Dan Cormier, and it was basically just like, mate, like this is a disgrace. Like you know, so it's done everything, but um, what's his name stopping and saying, hey, "Do you want me to keep hitting him?" Yeah, basically, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't. You know, just added added kindness. So, hey, yeah, mate, <laughs> do you, what do you reckon? <laughs> like it was, yeah, it was so out there. Um, and the final one, uh, Benil Dariush for Sarukin. Um, it was a really good start. Dariush was was hitting some really, really good low kicks. Um, he looked like he was up for it, but Sarukin just... He, at first, I thought it was a, a knee that he caught him with, but yep. he'd actually missed him with the knee and then got him with the, the check right hand. Yeah, right. Okay. And it was, um, yeah, just flatlined him from that. It was, um, yeah, impressive performance from Sarukian. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, onwards and upwards for him. He's, he'll, you know, I can't see him not being in the in the discussion for a title shot by the end of the year. Yeah, what a what a card! Actually, mate. not the end of the year. Sorry, by the end of next year. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I forgot that we're already in December. Oh no! Oh no! All right, mate. And um, other big news coming out of the fight world. Yeah, Francis. There looks like um, there's a, some news surfacing out of the camps that indicates that um, Deontay Wilder wants that smoke, mate. He's pretty keen on a mixed rules bout. That could be on the card. Um, Wilder, he takes on Joseph Parker. I don't know if it's just, you know, it's obviously the news is coming out because that boxing 
uh, cards coming up in Saudi Arabia because Anthony Joshua is facing Otto Wallen on that one as well. Yep. So, you know, obviously these stories start to generate around the hype for those cards. Um, however, France is in the top ten. Yep. You know, he's in the top ten on the boxing rankings now, so they're, you know, he's they've got to take him serious. And I think it's one of those ones, if Francis has got a contract, so when people go, oh, why would Deontay want to do a mixed rules when you could basically just go, you know what, Francis, come and box. Yeah. Like, but the problem for Francis that he does find himself in is he's got a contract with the PFL. Okay. Now, the PFL has just recently been taken over by Saudi Arabia. So there's obviously a bit of a connection there. And the PFL will want Francis to actually compete. You yeah, know, okay. so it's all, all well and good to have him under, you know, an agreement and say, oh, well, if you do fight, you're going to fight with us. But then if he never fights, well, what good is that agreement to yep. you on the PFL's part? So I'd say that... You know, they'll probably look at trying to push for something. And this, being a mixed rules bout, could maybe just be enough for the PFL to keep them happy. Yeah, okay. You know? So what would we be looking at with a mixed rules bout? Don't know. Yeah. Wouldn't have a clue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean, I don't, do you just go, what, no takedowns, but you can do kicks? Like, oh, Deontay Wilder doesn't do... I, Wilder would Wilder would be mad to do anything but just say, look, we'll do boxing but with MMA gloves or something. Like, I, I just, for a boxer, it is such, you know. Yeah. It's not going to be a good night for you unless it's boxing rules. You are, you are so, you know, your, your sport is so focused in that Queensbury rule set, yeah. you know, that you, you're better off just going, no, look. This is where the money is. Well, I'll be very interested to see what these um, mixed rules are that they come up with and whether or not that has any success and sets a bit of a trend for these Boxing in a cage in the PFL or something. That's what yeah. Wilder's got to go for. Yeah. You know, Francis, I mean, the, for him, he just goes, well, we'll do anything, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I've shown I can box Tyson Fury. Yeah, put him down. I can... I knocked Alistair over him's head into another orbit in am I right MMA. In, am I right in saying um, the two men to put Fury on the canvas? Yeah. Mm. Mm. I don't know that anyone else has. No, not the, not to my knowledge. Maybe and he got up, but... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, talking about resurrections, mate, when he got up against Deontay Wilder, that was, the, that was like the undertaker. Yeah, we'll put him third on the list. Mm. Rightio, mate, that's it for Fight Talk. Um, yeah, we'll keep our ear to gra- the ground about that. Um, headline of the week, mate. All, right. All sports headline of the week. You got anything for us? Yeah, mate. So, um, you know... Brutal officiating cops, brutal consequences for me, mate. So, oh, yes. So um, I, I saw on the socials, uh, I believe it was reported by Fox Sport, that uh, a, a sideline official in an NFL match, I believe involving the Saints, mm. um, has been taken out by a player um, who's come too close to the the sideline. So obviously oh. hasn't seen him. Held their position in, you know, integrity plus. Snapped his leg in half, mate. <laughs> I've seen a still of it, and I'm literally yeah. holding it in. I, oh, I don't, wow. I don't love seeing those um, images, yet I can't look away. Yeah, it's and true. Yeah, you're right. Bit of the old car crash. So, look, you know, I, I've been known to scream at an umpire through the television set. 
I've been known to bag them out and they're officiating on this podcast. Um, but, you know, snapping his leg enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a stretch, isn't it? It's a bit of a stretch, but all the best to that sideline official. Hopefully, The they bloke's can. just out there trying to earn a crust. Oh, he's trying to earn a crust. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the best call you've ever seen, but geez, yeah. hope it at least cost him the game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, what about you, mate? What mate, you headline of the week for me, Warner and Johnson, they just need to get in the ring and sort it out. Yes. Have you heard the, a bit about this? The, uh, oh, just, you know, Mitchell Johnson, he's thrown a bit of shit David Warner's way. Um, it's in relation to these proposed retirement series. Yeah. So it's obviously, um, you know, David Warner's gone, oh, well, I'm going I'm to have me send, I'm going to have me Johnny Farnham moment. Yeah. I'm going to go and have my farewell tour. Um, however, you know, Mitchell Johnson, they obviously don't get along. No, obviously not great, mates, which surprises you somewhat considering the su- success they had um, in the World Cup in yeah. uh, 2015 and obviously that famous Ashes series in 2013, 2014. Mm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, some scathing words from Mitch Johnson. Yeah, I mean, he's gone, he's dug up the sandpaper stuff as well, which, you know, at the end of the day, that's something that Warner's going to have to live with for the rest of his yeah. His career and, and, you know, if he heads into the media afterwards, that'll be there as well. Um, so what surprised you most about this, mate? Was it the fact that it was written, it was an article by Johnson in the Western Australian paper and we actually heard about it? Or yeah, what? well, that's that was <laughs> a surprise. I just, you know, for me, actually the surprise was because obviously as a fight fan, I started looking at the tail of the tape. Oh. And that's where <laughs> it got... At, look at you go, you're... <laughs> And this is where I, I thought it got interesting because straight away I went, well, Mitch Johnson, and it's very, very hard to get cricketer stats, yep. I, I must say. So Johnson, he's, he's anywhere between 86 and 96 kilos. At the, and I'm saying we're going 96. Well, he's been retired for five yeah, or six but, years. So and he's, that would have been him probably young and prime at 86. Yeah. And he's at 6'2". Yep. Warner's 65 kilos and 5'8". 65 kilos, wow. And then I'm thinking him. that... Basically, I'm going, this is, you can't have this. The only place that would sanction this would be Japan. Yep. You'd have to go over to Japan to do that because Japan loves the freak shows when it comes to the fights. Yeah. However, I forgot the walkabout. Yes, yes, right. Yep. When Warner, Chin Rudy. Yep. Joe Root. Yep. Joe Root, 80 kilos, six flat. Warner has form, has form against the bigger man. So he's not. We out. can get this happening. Yeah, so he's knocked out Joe Dudroot. So you think that? Yeah, I reckon he's pretty keen for that smoke. I reckon Warner would be, and you'd have to do MMA. Well, he's quick. He'd have you yeah. for pace. He's and um, I would say he's possibly around the streets of Matraville. He's probably ended up in a bit of a, a bit of a rumble. Are you suggesting that he's got history? I would suggest that he would be more likely to use the the grappling aspect. So that negates Johnson's reach. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, we have more of a fight than I thought we had yeah. when I started investigating. Yeah, wow, I like it. And George you know, Rose. Yeah. Big fan of the show. No limits boxing. Mm. They've done great things. We bring in the footy fight nights. Bring in the yeah, other yeah, eyes. That, that, that Cricket be... fight night. I mean, Get into the MMA. We've already spoken about Michael Clark and um, Carlos Stefanovic. Oh, I mean, they're, they're, let's get it happening. Yeah, let, let's get it happening. And Gorgeous yeah. George, we love what you do, mate. 
This just needs to happen. Let's make it happen. Come on, Georgie. Yeah. All right, mate. Uh, what are we up to? Mate. Um, the Maltese. Obviously, I was away last week, so I missed mm. out on the punt. And uh, the less said about my um, punting on the races last weekend, the better. <laughs> so we won't even get into that. Um, big bash time, mate. Kicking off. Um, so you reckon that's where you're going to head? A bit of bit of big bash. Yeah, mate. mate the big bash. So I saw it kicks off this week, and I, particularly at the start of the season, I love myself a bit of big bash. Just mm. put it on overnight, watching an innings or two. I'm a bit of a um, heat fan. Spending uh, several okay, years in, yeah. in Brisbane, so uh, I do like the heat. Uh, and they actually play their tournament structure is a little bit weird, mate. So they'll have um. um a team might have played five games and then they don't play a game for three weeks while everyone yeah, sort of okay. catches up with them. Yeah. So I'm not really sure why they do that, but I'm sure it's got something to do with other domestic competitions going on around uh, the country at the time. But anyway, so the Heat actually play in two of the first three games, and I'm tipping okay. that they're going to win them both. Okay. Down at Adelaide Oval and they start up at the Gabba. Okay. Rightio. I got a punters club winner on the weekend with the Premier League. You did, mate. I got, did. The, uh, got the draws. You're still waiting for your pat on the back, Yeah, the still get no raps. Um, Premier League again for me this week. Um, double game week. I think it's gonna, it could possibly throw out some interesting results. Brighton and Burnley. Look yep. at that one. Look at the draw, punters. Just have a look at the draw because the draw's offering some juicy odds. Palace, Liverpool. Villa at home to Arsenal. Arsenal are on fire. Mm. However, Villa back at home, they scrapped out a draw. Yep. However, Villa are dangerous. And when you're asking teams to play three games in seven days in the Premier League, there's an opportunity there, punters. Yep. So have a think about it. Mate, I do like that. I do like that. Because he won't, but no. <laughs> I do like that. All right, mate. So we're, we're penis up. of the week, mate. Penis of the week. The so. royal segment of the show. The penis of the week. Who you got, mate? Uh, well, I've got a bit of a local flavour about this one this week, mate. Mm. So. Um, uh, as we've spoken about before, was unwell last week, and as was my wife. And yeah, uh, COVID nineteen. A COVID nineteen. Yeah. So we were. Um, it's okay, mate. It's twenty twenty three now. You don't have to be ashamed. Don't and have you to don't, be ashamed of who I am. You don't have to walk through the streets with people just saying shame, shame, shame. shame. <laughs> but um, before we actually uh, tested myself and my wife and um, found out that we had the COVID-19, we, um, we were f- uh, I was feeling fine, but my wife was feeling a bit under the weather. But we took the kids down to the creek and just said, Let- let's just go down for a little mm. bit of a swim. And out of the water came this lady, and I swear she just rose like a ship coming oh, back, yes. to, like a sub coming to the surface. Yeah. Just, and she's walked right up to my wife, I'm talking two feet away who's wearing a mask. Okay. And my wife is leaning back as far as she can, mate, leaning back as she's coming in. She's like, oh, what are you doing? She goes, just wanted to ask if you know how dangerous wearing those masks are. (laughs) And my wife's going, oh, look, I'm doing it for your protection. And she goes, I don't know what you mean. It's not going to make me sick. And my wife goes, I know, but I've got, some sort of a flu, perhaps even COVID, that'll make you sick. <laughs> and she proceeds to tell us that she hasn't had a cold in 15 years. Oh, yes. That's a So, uh, 
lady, thank you for your uh, advice that we never asked anything on. Thank you for offering to go to your car and picking a brochure out of it and bringing it back to us. I don't know why you had all of them in your car anyway, but thank you for that. Um, And thank you very much. Uh, Hope you didn't get COVID, but I'd say there's a fair chance you did. Yeah, there's there's no winners in that scamdemic discussion is there really no. like even on if you you didn't if you hammer them for it if you're on the board with it there's just no winners it's a, it's an oxygen thieving discussion that one and if nothing else do you mind getting at least another two foot back out of my face <laughs> actually it's funny there was uh when i was on the tools back in the day there was a young uh bricky apprentice uh, apprentice who um was bragging to us one day about how he had never been sick. He goes, oh, oh, I yep. he goes, oh, I don't get sick. I, and he uh, attributed that because his dogs lived in the house with him. Yeah. He's like, oh, our immune systems are just tip top, mate. Uh, the dogs live in with us. Ah, uh, next, <laughs> the, the next. <laughs> no, word. sorry, we're not letting that go. The dogs live with us. The Fuck dogs live hell. inside with us. So oh. you know, our immune systems are just firing on all cylinders. So oh, we're good yeah. to go. The next week, he had all off. Because he had the flu, so I mean, <laughs> oh, the dog didn't die, <laughs> oh, mate. Oh, far out. That'll do yeah. me. Where where did you hear that? Anyway, lady who can't mind her own business, who gets up in the face of someone wearing a mask, you're the penis of the week, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, uh, for me, I can't go past Kerry Hartley, mate. Mm? So Kerry Hartley, just you know, you got to stop the fight. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, oh, you just yeah. Anyway, Kerry Hatley, you are the penis of the week. Uh, yeah, that'll do us, mate. Happy days, mate. Um, if you got any penises, not in, like don't send, <laughs> don't send dick pics. We don't. Okay, forty-five dick pics coming through overnight. Penis of the week nominations. Send send them through to us on the socials. You know where to get us at Sports Detention at all your social media platforms. Um, I must reiterate, do not send penises. Penis of the Week nominations, please. Um, yeah, you know where to get us, guys, on the socials. Uh, remember, like, subscribe at your podcast uh, provider, but also, too, for our YouTube viewers, like, subscribe, stick with the show, putting out the content. We love you. All right, uh, and finally, before we finish up, for any of our listeners in Scone... Home of the thoroughbreds, we say good night. And farewell.